Hello, this is David Schultz, and today we're bringing you a special podcast about Supreme Court Justice Stephen G. Breyer. As you may have heard, Justice Breyer will be retiring at the end of this term after serving more than a quarter century on the highest court in the land. It's been no secret that he's been thinking about retiring for quite some time, so we've reached out to several of the people who've clerked for him to talk about their time working for the justice. We thought this would be a good way to get a window into who Breyer really is by talking to the people who work directly underneath him, and we were not disappointed. The clerks we talked to painted a picture of a boss who is unfailingly kind, empathetic, intellectually insatiable, generous with his time to a fault, and who always always wore his heart on his sleeve. We used to joke that every once in a while there'd be a fourth grade class or something like that doing a tour of the Supreme Court. And sometimes you'd wonder where Justice Breyer was and it was like, oh, you know, he was talking to the fourth graders and probably telling them too much about pending cases and what's going to happen in those cases. That was Danielle Gray, the global chief legal officer at Walgreens. She clerked for Justice Breyer in the court's 2005 term. Gray says she thinks Justice Breyer's extroverted nature comes from his upbringing in 1940s San Francisco. And I think he grew up in a household where he was told you can't just be like really, really smart and smarter than all the other kids. You got to figure out how to get along with them and how to talk to them. And that was a that's a big part of even how he approached the job. You know, he would walk the halls. He would go down to Justice Kennedy's office a lot, talk to Justice Kennedy about cases. He'd go to Justice Scalia's office, even though he and Justice Scalia, in many cases, certainly many big cases, would often find themselves on opposite ends. Pratik Shah had an up-close and personal experience with how the Breyer family operates. Now an attorney with the firm Aiken Gump, Shah clerked for Breyer in the 2003 term. But long before that, the summer after Shah's first year of law school, he had an unpaid internship with Judge Charles Breyer, Justice Breyer's younger brother, who's also a federal judge. The first time I met him, actually, was not at the clerkship interview or at the clerkship, but it was right after my 1L year of law school. You know, I was a nobody law student um, externing an unpaid summer externship for uh, Judge Breyer, his younger brother. The judge had assigned me a bench memo on some constitutional issue. And I recall being somewhat nervous about that memo because I had not yet taken constitutional law at, at Berkeley where I was a law student. They don't do that until the second year. So I was somewhat nervous about the memo, but I remember I turned it in. And then a few days later, um, Judge Breyer calls me into his office and says, you know, Pratik, I haven't really had a chance to dig into this memo you wrote yet, uh, but my brother has, uh, and he has a few questions. And then unbeknownst to me, Justice Breyer was visiting San Francisco, as he often does over the summer. He's very close with uh, Judge Breyer. And there in Judge Breyer's office uh, was sitting Justice Breyer on a chair with a copy of my memo in his hand. And you, you, were, you were 1L at the time. I was 1L at the time. And then there's an open chair for me to sit in. So uh, after that, I must say, I don't recall things all that well, probably because I blacked out or something like that. But what I do recall from that episode was that the justice was incredibly engaging. Again, I'm a nobody law student. He has no reason to talk to me or want my opinion. But I, I, I remember a back and forth, him asking questions, listening to my viewpoints and, 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 and going back and forth. 
According to all of the clerks we spoke to, this is just an essential part of who Justice Breyer is. He thrives on these types of exchanges of ideas and not even necessarily about the law. According to Brianne Gorod, He loves people and he loves talking about the law and lots of things besides the law. And, and that was one of the things that definitely um, made the clerkship particularly fun. You know, we would have lunch with him in chambers, you know, often and talk about all sorts of things. Uh, you know, he had um, uh, the clerks and our partners, you know, over to his home for dinner at the end of uh, the clerkship year. And, and he actually cooked dinner for us. He, he made excellent fish. Gorad is now the chief counsel at the Constitutional Accountability Center. She clerked for Breyer in the 2008 term. It wasn't dinner with Justice Breyer that many clerks had fond memories of, but rather lunch. There's a tradition at the Supreme Court that all nine justices would take turns going out to lunch with every other justice's clerks. Shaw says the other clerks were always astonished at how open and freewheeling lunch with Breyer could be. And everyone would always report back from the other chambers when they had their lunch with Justice Breyer, often an Indian restaurant called White Tiger, that, you know, the justice had no qualms about talking about any case right there in the restaurant with them. Uh, and so, yeah, that's just how he's wired. And, and it's, it's really one of the delights of clerking for him. Andrew Crespo, a clerk from the 2009 term, said this habit of Breyer's actually made the clerks think twice about taking him to a more intimate restaurant. We'd always have to make sure that we found kind of, you know, uh, uh, a restaurant that had lots of space so that when we're sitting down uh, and he's telling us all these stories about the court that we weren't, you know, accidentally sitting next to a reporter or, or, or someone who would be uh, hearing uh, the J Justice Breyer just sort of giving his thoughts and sharing his stories about the, the cases of the term. Crespo is now a professor at Harvard Law School. He says that along with Breyer's gregariousness, he also remembers the justice's astonishing eternal optimism. He bounced back from defeats faster than, you know, <laughs> than I think his clerks did. Uh, and he had this way of just, you know, you could see for a moment and he would come back, walk down the halls from conference and you could see him walking down the hall or walking into the room, have this kind of a bit of a slump, you know, like he was still kind of carrying the loss. These were like big cases where he really cared about the outcome. But by the end of telling us about it almost, he had this sort of like, but maybe they'll change their mind or maybe we'll win the next one. You know, like he just had that way. And it wasn't a res resignation. It was a genuine. He, he always thought maybe, maybe, maybe the, the best will come. Gray, the chief legal officer with Walgreens, says this happy warrior mentality has probably been what's kept him going throughout his tenure. When conservative leaning justices have almost always been in the majority on the court. One of the refreshing things about Justice Breyer is he's, he's convinced that he can convince you. Um, and he's going to keep trying to convince you until he can't convince you anymore. He has this natural optimism and this, you know, I'll get them in the next case kind of attitude that I think probably has sustained him for, you know, the, the much of his tenure on the court where, you know, he's found himself um, in the minority in, in some of those larger cases. Shaw, the attorney with Aiken Gump, says Breyer is almost hardwired to be a Supreme Court justice. He has a very live mind. He's just interested in, in talking about cases. He's curious. He just wants to engage. And that was my experience from that very first um, uh, encounter all the way through the clerkship. And believe it or not, Shaw says that that first encounter, when Shaw was introduced to Breyer in his younger brother's chambers, was not his most memorable encounter with the justice. That, Shaw says, would actually come later. One of the really neat perks of, of clerking at the court is you can bring your family in for tours and all of that stuff, which is great. 
but then Justice Breyer, when your parents come to visit, he makes it a point to sit down with them um, in his office and, and often over tea, and um, which is, you know, obviously a really incredible thing in a whole lot of ways. Um, it's also a little bit stressful, right? Because you have your parents coming in and, you know, uh, my parents are wonderful people. They're immigrants from India, um, have very little in common, or at least I thought with Justice Breyer, right? They travel in very different circles, very different interests, very different backgrounds. Um, yet, it could not have gone more smoothly. And it just shows like the justices warmth. This is more as a person than as a justice. I mean, just, you know, immediately, they were each pulling out pictures of their grandkids. That was Pratik Shah, an attorney with the firm Aiken Gump and a former clerk for Justice Stephen Breyer. You also heard from former Breyer clerks Danielle Gray, Andrew Crespo, and Brianne Gorod. This episode was produced by myself with help from Kimberly Robinson, Jordan Rubin, Seth Stern, Tom Taylor, and John Crawley. Our executive producer is Josh Block. For much, much, much more on Justice Breyer's retirement and who his replacement might be, visit our website, news.bloomberglaw.com. That website, once again, is news.bloomberglaw.com. I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening. You don't need to be a judge to be interested in our nation's laws and legal institutions. Just like you don't need to have a law degree to be curious about the inner workings of courts, law firms, and law schools. That's where we come in. My name's Adam Allington, and I'm the host of Uncommon Law, a podcast from the Bloomberg Industry Group. Uncommon Law is where public policy, storytelling, and the law are combined. We explore big topics ranging from tech policy to free speech to race and gender diversity. So please give us a listen. You can subscribe and download today. Just search for Uncommon Law wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much.